Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call. Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Give the gift of choice this season with multi-store cards at giftcards.com. With multi-store cards, treat them to dinner, movies, or shopping on one convenient card. Featuring all your favorites like Macy's, Alta, and Lululemon. It's a great gift card everyone will love. For last-minute gifting, choose the Happy Holidays or Holiday Favorites e-gift, delivered straight to their inbox. Purchase multi-store cards today at www.giftcards.com slash multi-store. On today's episode of For the Love of the Game, Steve and I are joined by Jordan Whitney. He is the founder of the BreakdownSports.com, which is a sports blog, breaking down all your latest sports news and giving great betting analysis on all different sports such as horse racing, golf, football, you name it, they got it. We've had a great response to our golf segment that we do on the show every week, so we wanted to bring somebody in like Jordan to help us break everything down. He's going to help us break down the carnage that we just witnessed over at the Memorial Tournament, and also we're going to talk about the 3M Open this week at TPC Twin Cities out in Minnesota. So we're going to let you know our favorite picks, who we like this week, um, and why we like those guys as well. So sit back and stay tuned to episode 20 of For the Love of the Game. Let's go. From the gridiron to the hardwood, to the grass and dirt, whatever your favorite sport is, you're sure to be entertained. And if it's walking around money you're looking for, you've come to the right place. It's for the Love of the Game podcast, and it's hosted by Mark Belleville and Steve Lewis. What's going on, everybody? It's Monday. Welcome into another episode of For the Love of the Game. This is episode 20. As always, we are presented by the Unwrapped Sports Network. Make sure you go check them out on Twitter at Unwrapped Sports um, and on Instagram as well at the same handle at Unwrapped Sports for all your latest sports news. Um, This is the second week we're doing our live lineup of shows. Had a great first week. Uh, We had thousands of viewers um, across all the days. Um, we get some great feedback on that. So, uh, starting week two right now, um, we're going to get it going here. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Steve Lewis. What's going on, Steve? How are you today? Fantastic. Why, how are you yourself? I'm doing good, man. Doing, doing very well. Before we get started, too, I want to plug um, RX Hemp really quick. RX Hemp um, is a CBD uh, pain treatment cream. Um, you can find them at rxhemp.com. Um, and you can use code RxHemp-USN um, to save 10% on your whole order. So um, all you athletes out there, anybody who's really listening to this, get a little aches and pains, throw some of that on there, and it's instant relief. So make sure you guys go check them out at RxHemp.com. And again, RxHemp-USN will save you 10% on your whole order. Um, so today, Steve, uh, on today's show, we're going to get into uh, basically an all-golf episode today. Uh, we've had some great feedback about our golf segments I'm talking about golf betting and how we approach the game um, and our little trends and and whatnot to betting the game of golf. So we're going to get into that. And to help us do that, we got a very special guest joining us. Um, His name is Jordan Whitney. He's the founder of the Breakdown Sports Blog. Um, I'm going to bring him on right now to the stream. What's going on, Jordan? How are you doing today? Good. How are you guys doing? 
Doing great, man. Glad to have you on the show. Yeah, excited to be on here, talk a little bit of golf. Um, been friends with Perry for a long time, so I've been familiar with Unwrap. So finally, like him uh, to get the chance to do something between us. That's awesome, man. Love, love to collab, definitely. Um, for the, a lot of people out there who are listening and watching us who don't know, um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Jordan Whitney? Yeah, uh, so I'm 28 years old. I started the breakdown in late December, December 2018. Uh, so we've been up and running a little bit, probably about the same time that you guys are, a little bit, a couple months longer than that. Um, I live in Chicago. I'm from uh, Massachusetts. I grew up on Cape Cod. Um, so I am a Boston sports fan across all sports. Um, but I live in Chicago. I work in the hotel industry. Um, I manage five hotels. I analyze data uh, for a living, which is kind of how I got into sports betting. Um, really what got me interested in is kind of the numbers of the game. Um, played sports always growing up. I still golf a lot. Um, so the other side of it of actually looking into the numbers was always interesting to me. That's awesome, man. How about um, how about golf? I know we talked about it pre-show a little bit, but you've been betting on sports for a little bit of time, but most recently got into golf. What, what draws you to the game of golf uh, betting-wise? Uh, it's a really fun market. So I like how you have outrights. You can get your top 20 bets. You can get more exotic bets, make the cut, uh, top region. And then for me, and I know you guys love the uh, head-to-heads, the matchups, um, being able to bet those like a – uh, football game or even a baseball game with a minus 110 or you know lay a stroke um, get a stroke it's super fun um, I've also been able to use some numbers in it um, but for me I've just been I've, I got bit by the golf bug uh, in 2018 was playing I played growing up but then I started getting back into it when I lived in Colorado um, so I started following the PGA like crazy but I was just kind of betting on outrights you know if it was the british open shane lowry's not from far away like that sounds like a great bet he likes links <laughs> um so it was like stuff like that uh there wasn't really a lot of thought put into it it was just all right throw a little on tiger put some on brooks if it was the Ryder cup i'd bet usa um and then you know two months ago or so um i found a golf betting podcast um, and I kind of got into it. I learned about all the analytics involved with it, with strokes gained, um, and kind of gone from there. It's kind of like the same thing that like with me last year was I, I kind of fell in love with the, the DFS golf aspect and it was mm-hmm. more, it was more for the, uh, the four days of a sweat, right? It was getting the six yeah. golfers through on a Friday and then being able to enjoy, see how much money you can make going into the weekend. So you get more value for your buck and then it was kind of growing it from there and then obviously with everything happening with sports this year and then golf being the only game in town it was yeah. kind of grew from that point <laughs> for us i think like saying well you know we're all degenerates and we all want a little more action so like if we're going to do this let's try to do this the right way so kind of like you kind of picked up a cu- couple sports podcasts along the way and kind of like finding collaborations and and here we are today so yeah absolutely Awesome, guys, man. I want to get into and recap a little bit of the tournament that just passed recently, the Memorial Tournament. Um, it was, I mean, the only word to describe it is, is straight carnage. The scores, uh, I believe Sunday, the average score was 76. Um, it was, uh, had a, a winner of Ryan Palmer. I'm, I'm sorry, John Rahm was three shot. He went three shot win over Ryan Palmer, um, but he shot three over par on Sunday um, to secure that win. Um I mean, overall, I thought it was I thought it was a great tournament. I mean, it was great to kind of see those guys um, 
shoot those scores. And it was kind of like one of those things where it was like, all right, it's kind of like the best of the worst. <laughs> who's who's going to make it out of this, this at the end? You know, we had Ryan, I'm um, sorry, John Rom with an eight stroke lead going into the back nine. Um, and we thought it was over. And then all of a sudden he slowly starts creeping back to the field. Um, he bo- a, uh, bogeys um, 11, double bogeys 12. And then Ryan Palmer all of a sudden is right back into it. Um, needless to say, he ended up winning by three strokes. Um, what was your guys' takeaway from the uh, the Memorial Tournament? Um, I'll start with you, uh, Jordan. Uh, yeah, kind of just how the course changed from week over week. We were talking about that a little bit um, pre-stream and just what the course did, even over four days. I mean, how the course played Thursday was drastically different than how it played on Sunday. You threw in some weather in there. It was brutal. I kept throughout the day, I kept looking to see how many golfers were actually uh, under par through the tournament. So just for Sunday, I kept looking at it and it was like Xander and then Patrick Reed. And that was really it for a while. And then you ended up getting Luke List and uh, Fitzpatrick. That was it. You had four guys (laughs) below par in a professional golf tournament. Uh, Then you have on the other end of the spectrum, you had someone like, Tyler Duncan or Joel Dahman, Brooks shooting 8, 10, 11 over uh, par. It was really, really a challenging course. And you saw how much it changed. You saw those greens firm up. Um, just saw a lot change. It's kind of like I said to you, Steve, too, at the beginning of that day, because we were watching it and we were talking about Rom. We're like, Rom's got a four shot lead right now. But I was like, you know, I was talking to Steve. I was like, it's not really the tournament's not over, even though he's got four shots. You know, I was like, with the scores that, like you said, that you were watching early on with the scores that these players were putting up, it was one of those things where if the guys that were behind them at the time, which was Finau and Palmer, if they could go out and even shoot one or two under par, it, it would make it a tournament again. Yeah. Um, obviously, that just didn't happen. Um, go ahead, Steve. Uh, what was your takeaway from the tournament? Well, I just want to apologize to the PGA because I know I had said prior to uh, like last week, I had said that I had hoped that I one I thought it was the stupidest thing that they were playing the same tournament back to back. We are the same uh, venue back to back weeks because I really like you said, I didn't really know how much the course could get tougher in the, in the amount of two weeks. But we clearly saw how much tougher it did get. And. It was unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about scores we were seeing with Justin Thomas at one point last week was at minus 21. And these golfers, I think we got as high as what, minus 12 with the ROM on uh, yes, uh, yes, uh, end of round three. Mm-hmm. And we watched even Tony Female get up to minus 12 and then fall all the way back to minus two. So yeah, it was, I mean, from, from a guy that struggles golfing, I guess it was kind of <laughs> nice to see golfers like really have at it and, and be that bad at times and kind of like open the door and like say, wow, pro golfers can get eights on holes, you know, and kind of be astonished by it. And we were actually talking prior to this, like, like I couldn't even bring myself to bet on Sunday. Like I didn't have it in my heart to like actually like, do anything with it because I couldn't really trust any of those guys going at it because I didn't even really know what to expect going into Sunday because I think we had Victor Hovland versus Spieth on Saturday, Mark, and that match looked all great. And then Hovland posts an eight on 16 and then that match is over. And you're like, how does a professional golfer post an eight on a par five? And then we look deeper into it. He three putted with from six feet out, like, you know, so that's the way it was. And then you had what Joe Dalman who had what a, a, a seven and eight, and an eight or to end his and to end yeah, his, his tournament. He had so, like a six stroke lead uh going into the final four holes. 
and he ended up losing by I think three or four strokes. Like that would break. That's that's like the equivalent of like a twenty-one point lead, like you know, going down <laughs> the shitter in the fourth quarter. Like you know what I'm saying? Like that would just yeah. break my brain. Like you know, if like, you, so I, no, going back to like the uh, going back to the speed thing. If you had told me going into the tournament that on Saturday speed was going to shoot two over par, and on Sunday he was going to shoot three over par, I would easily we would have took whoever was playing him easily. Absolutely. Yeah. But it just so happens. The guys he played, he played Rory, Rory on Sunday, and Rory shot worse than him. And then obviously the the meltdown with Hovland on Saturday, where you looked like almost a lock that Hovland was going to win, and then he throws up that eight on that par five. It was just crazy to see. Like these guys were literally shooting at bunkers just so they could get up and down for par because they thought that that was the best position for them to be able to do that in terms of actually trying to score at certain pin positions because where the pinnacles are located on a Sunday, they were hard enough, but like the way the, the putting surfaces were like that, they were just rolling from one side yeah. of the greens to the other side of the greens. Like, so like there was really no shot. I think what Patrick was Patrick Reed, the best round yesterday was he like, yeah. Yeah. Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, actually, was Matthew. actually four run. Yeah, it was four under yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I mean, we sort like and you know you said like like one thing that we've been doing is like T20s, T10s, T5s. Like I think we saw guys sneak up to like a T20 like Kevin Na or T10 like what minus like minus one. Like were there guys like that were plus one that were making T20s yesterday? T20 was plus two. Like that's insanity. Yeah, that's insanity. Like, you know, so like, <laughs> like, I don't care what your algorithm is. Like, I don't care what your stats are prior to the week. Like, there's like nothing that says to you, no. like, like, oh, I think if that, a guy gets plus two this week, like that, that's going to get me paid. So, I mean, like, it is what it is. I mean, and I know we all probably had tough weeks. I mean, I know Mark had some, a couple good outrights going into uh Saturday, but as we saw, like, you know, credit to John Rob, like it just goes yeah. to show you that like that Saturday round truly was as impressive as it was. And I mean, Sunday, barring that two stroke uh, penalty on 16 like i don't care what anybody says like that is one of the more impressive chips that i'll ever see see or any of us will ever see in that situation uh, i don't i mean would that ball move bare i don't even like like that, that that was like like we can talk about like that and and that that was another discussion that we can bring up like in my opinion if you do realize that a player has a two stroke penalty pending I don't think it should wait to the clubhouse to be able to tell that that player has a two-stroke penalty pending. I think that the player should be told immediately that the two-stroke penalty is being applied because what if it's a two? What if it's a two-stroke? Uh, what if Brian Palmer's down two shots going to the final hole? Like Brian Palmer's probably going to play that final hole a little differently, thinking that he needs to make up two shots. John Robb's probably going to play the 18th, thinking that he's up two strokes at that time. So, like, I don't really like that whole dynamics. I mean, maybe maybe I'm a little off on that, but you know, it still was a hell of a pitch, though. I'll, I'll say that though. Yeah, I mean, like it's with all the the circumstances with John Rahm playing for number one in the world, um, he had a lot riding on that. Like even he said, that's probably one of the greatest shots that he's ever hit um, in his career. Um, and I, I agree with you though, because you gotta you gotta let these guys know what the actual score is as they're trying to f- win a golf tournament. You have the last two holes, seventeen and eighteen, and each player could have played those holes differently um, had they known that you know, Palmer was only maybe two shots back or three shots back instead of four shots back um, going into the, those two holes. I think that's something golf wise should change and could affect uh, maybe betting going down, down the line. Um, I know betting for us, obviously, like you said, Steve, everything that kind of, we talked about 
beginning of the week last week all got thrown out the window basically with this tournament. Um, all the all the analytics and things that we looked at, like none of it mattered. Um, but we had uh, a rough start. A couple of our <laughs> it was just bad. Um, couple of our our guys that we liked, we liked you know we used guys from the previous tournament that we liked. You know, I me specifically, I said I like Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, just of how they had finished in the previous week. Uh, both were playing really good. Morikawa obviously won. JT's been near the top uh, this whole whole year. Um, I like Tiger Woods. Anytime Eldrick is in the field, I got to put a little bit of money on him. Um, he won me some money in the Masters last year. So um, even though it's he's a, he's a long shot in my opinion, maybe not odds wise, but a long shot in my opinion to win because because he's been off for a long time. Um, I he wouldn't, it wouldn't have sh- I said last week it wouldn't shock me if he came out and won just because he's he's Tiger Woods. Um, and then I know you, Steve. You had a couple of guys. You had your um, Abraham answer and, and Norlander and those guys. And it's just like nothing was working for him. Everything that we said going into it, like I said, just didn't matter. Well, Norlander actually came back and, and I thought like played pretty well. At he played well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, two, I mean, two fifty to one uh, on for, I mean, that was a pretty good long shot. And so I was pretty happy with that play, but I, I have to ask though, like with Tiger Woods and everything that we know about Tiger Woods, like does not having the crowd support around him, like, does that really hurt that persona in his golf game? He said that. And, well, like, he had said how he was still trying to adjust to having no fans. But, like, I don't know. Obviously, he has done very well with the crowd. The crowd excites him. It gets him going in all those clutch situations throughout his career. At the same time, he sucked ass against the crowd. Like, he is a professional golfer. He's played his entire life, like, I'm, he practices throughout the day. You know, he does a lot of like working out and stuff. Like he's practicing alone. Like he he is always working, being alone, and then occasionally he is uh, in front of a crowd. And yeah, he obviously rises to the occasion. And he enjoys that, but it should be just like a practice round out there for him. You know, just normal day working out in Jupiter, Florida, hanging out <laughs> at yep. the golf course, like. You know, roll out of bed. You're at the hotel. You can't do anything. You just roll out of bed. You go to the practice range. You go out. You play 18. Like, you would think that's what this tournament is for a lot of these golfers. I just didn't know if there was, like, at some point, if, if, if it's not going well, like, some of these guys just get complacent. And there's just yeah. no, real, there's no real adrenaline rush behind them to really kind of, like, kick it up. For like I think the fans players. would affect I think the fans would affect the people who Tiger's playing as opposed to like if Tiger mm-hmm. were to be in contention, you know, you know, they always talk about the Tiger effect, which is which is pretty real. You yeah. know what I mean? You hear those Tiger hits if you're a couple shots back, Tiger hits a birdie, you hear a roar that's three holes away from you, you already know that that's Tiger Woods because the roar that Tiger gets from the fans is a lot different than a roar somebody else might get from the fans. You just well, you, you, saying, you feel the like, difference. So I don't think it affects Tiger per se. I think Tiger's still going to go out there and shoot his game regardless and, and do what he does. Like if there was fans that Tiger was still going to play terrible this past week, that wouldn't have made a difference. But if he happened to be in contention, it, it might have affected this competition a little bit. It just seemed like guys like Brooks and Rory, like once it gets bad, they just look like they get bored and they just kind of look like they just want to get through it at some point. Like it looked like Rory, like it looked like when Rory like started the round yesterday, it looked like Rory was like, kind of like he got a couple birdies and then he got that bad triple. And then after that, it was just like, all right, let's just kind of like get out of here and like, and and just kind of move on. And I I didn't know if that was just a product of like the environment or what it was. I know the course was bad and, and, and there was no contention part for it, but I mean, these guys are still playing for a substantial amount of money. 
for placing too. So, I mean, I know some of these guys are just playing for victories too, but you know, I I'm assuming money matters. Yeah. Money always matters. <laughs> um, yep. Jordan, uh, really quickly, man, going into the Memorial last week, uh, what were you looking at going into that tournament as far as betting wise? Um, any certain trends or analytics or strategies you had going into that? And then who, based on that, who were you really riding last week um, as, as your picks? So the, what I had changed between like workday and then uh, Memorial is that I knew they were growing the rough. So I was looking for golfers who were better, like, around the green. I know how many bunker sand bunkers there are. So I was looking for guys who can play well out of the sand. Um, I knew that the greens were going to be a lot faster. So I was looking at actually on what was the bent. No, we were, we were, were we on Bermuda? What? Um, anyways, whatever putting service. We're on bent. We're on bent. We were on bent. Okay. So going on to Ben, I'm looking for what type of guys are good when the greens are faster. Cause these are going to be the fastest greens of the season. Um, so I had kind of gone with Cantley's done well here. I as well was on Tiger. Um, I had Webb, Berger, everyone and their sister had a Daniel Berger <laughs> ticket at some point, whether it was, yeah, I was on Berger win, too top week. 10, top five. Like he has been, I said it in an article I wrote last week. He's a top 10 machine. He has been top 10 in his last five straight tournaments. Like yeah. There's no reason for him to go whatever he did to his first I think three he's only holes, four his first three holes he was three under. Yeah. He yeah, three straight birdies. <laughs> he's been yeah, arguably right. he's been arguably the best golfer this year. Yeah. yeah. Pre pre COVID and post COVID. Pre yeah. post COVID. I I had made that point to a buddy of mine. I said that he is he's Mr. Consistency. Like he has been top ten all the time. Um, so I had like him. The one good player who turned out for me was Norlander. I had him top 20. I had him in some matchups and stuff. Um, so he was one of the few people who actually made me some decent money. Um, I had the classic DJ over Rom matchup, which lost by 26 strokes. So that was fun. Uh, I, I knew by about halfway through Friday that one was done. We were on the front nine and DJ was like swimming. He's like over there. He's playing with frogs and stuff, rolling up his <laughs> pants to try and uh, hit a On his way to a nice like, 80. <laughs> oh, my God. It was terrible. So I knew that one was done. So I my worst tournament um, by far of the season, but still positive on the week. But looking at similar things like you guys did, great iron players, guys who were able to chip, guys who could putt. If you hit it well off the tee, it was a plus. Like, But that wasn't a major thing for me. And yeah, not so good. <laughs> I agree, but I think we're like like we said before. I think we're all in, uh, in that boat this past week. It was one of the tougher tournaments, but thankfully we got another tournament this week. Um, we have the 3M Open um, out in Minnesota, um, which looks to play is gonna definitely 100% going to play easier than the Memorial. Um, it's going to be held a little course kind of breakdown. It's going to be at TPC Twin Cities, uh, which if anybody knows anything about TPC courses, they are kept in immaculate condition. Um, I've played a TPC course myself up here. I've played TPC Boston. They're always kept immaculate, um, even when the pros aren't coming, just even when the public plays them. So it's going to be in great shape. Um, it's a 7,400-yard course, uh, par 71. Um, they also said the greens are going to be a little bit fast this week. They said they're going to run up about a 12 and a 12 and a half on the stint meter, which is not major championship fast or even fast like last week, but it's above average uh, than a normal mm-hmm. tournament. Um, 
and the greens don't have any complex like undulations in them, like a lot of hills uh, or anything like that. So um, if these guys can can knock it close, great iron play, they should be able to score on this course. Um, and another big takeaway from this course that I saw is there's a ton of hazards, water hazards, um, tons of traps. Um, I believe out of 12 out of 18 holes, water comes into play either on your tee shot or in your approach to the green. Um and then some of the bunkers, a lot of surrounding green bunkers, but some of the fairway bunkers, you know, they were saying it just shouldn't be there. They're only like 200 yards to carry. It's like you kind of get penalized for hitting maybe a, a bad drive. It's usually you would like to have that like 250, 260 yard carry to get over a bunker. Uh, it seems like it's going to be pretty easy for these guys to carry those unnecessary bunkers in the fairways. Um, but based off of that in, in the course, uh, what are some of the things you're looking at this week um, going into the 3M Open? Um, I'll start with uh, you, Jordan. Yeah, uh, so great course breakdown. That's literally everything I had. Um, only difference, there's water in 13, not 12. So there's, there you six, go. there's, only, there's only five holes. Otherwise, yeah, bent grass. <laughs> uh, they're going to be running fast. Um, I appreciate that, man. You got to keep me on my toes. You gotta yeah, no, but hey. You got to call me up I'm wrong. Everything else, I mean, um, so some of the keep stuff that I, I like, um, there's gonna, you're not going to need to chip. Like, there is almost no chipping on this. You're either hitting it in the fairway or you're in the water. So there is no wedge game. You don't have to worry about the guys dealing with three-inch rough again. Um, there are a lot of bunkers, as you mentioned, but the big thing is the water. So if you can find a guy who can keep it straight, um, the par fours on this course run pretty easy, um, which is something to note. They're longer par fours, so they're like 450 to a little over 500. So I'm looking for guys who get a lot of eagles, who hit a lot of birdies on par fours. Um, guys who are good with their iron, so approach game super important. Putting not so much. Um, chipping literally not at all. I'm not as long as you're not the worst chipper on the tour, I'll probably take you. Um, you probably yeah, have to say kind of, better uh, better bunker play as yeah, far as, as, far as chipping. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Being able to get ass sand, um, which by and large, I mean, I saw an absolute terrible one last week with Patrick Cantlay on. I think it was 16. Um, literally one of the worst chipping attempts I've ever seen. Um, really terrible. But um, <laughs> aside from that, that's kind of the stats that I'm really looking at this week is just the approach, the iron game, guys who hit birdies are better, um, guys who can keep it straight, keep it in the fairway. Um, and then an above average putter. You don't need to be an amazing putter um, to win this tournament. You just need to not be terrible. So. Nice. Um, and have you been able to, basing off of that, um, been able to break down any uh, any guys that you like, any 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 picks this week, uh, maybe some favorites or maybe some long shots that you might be thinking of? Oh, I actually have quite a few. So if you guys want to, if you want to let um, him give his chance on talking about what he's interested in um, or yeah. kind of some other thoughts, because I've got. I got my outright card. I got. Oh, okay. You can throw I'll, 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 I'll go. I'll go. Yeah, I'll talk a little bit. Yeah, yeah. break it down then, Steve. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll mirror a, a little bit, guys. What you said. I mean, there's definitely some uh, some variance with this course. I mean, some of these hazards that you guys talk about, like you have to hit really bad shots to even come into close with some of these hazards. So as long as you're as long as you're in the fairways and you're hitting great iron plays. And kind of like what Jordan said, like, you don't have to be good putters. Like, you just – you can attack most of these pins. You just have to be great with ball strikers, great with your mm -hmm. irons. Like, 
like a lot of these guys like just have to be middle tiers, kind of like Morikawa last week, like not a, like not a great putter, just kind of about about average. Just give yourself an opportunity to make birdies. Give yourself some of these guys are going to take shots on these par fours that even drive these greens. Like there's going to be a, a scores probably. I think the uh, Wolf ended up winning this tournament at what minus twenty one last year. Yeah, he shot a so, course seventy two hole record last year twenty one. So definitely, so definitely expect uh, the winner between probably minus seventeen and minus twenty this year again. Like the scores are definitely going to replicate kind of like that. It's not going to be anywhere what we just saw this past week at all. So. I'm definitely thinking that like we're definitely going to see a lot higher scoring. So I'm not really worried about hazards this week. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, let's go. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for this tournament because it, it's, it's definitely, I think, like more analytics. Like you can kind of like kind of dive into it a little more and and kind of go into your like your algo. So, yeah, I so- think betting wise, betting wise, this is probably after the week. Everybody, I would assume most people just had. This is a great tournament to get back yeah. into things and really profit and, and make I- some money on. I told Mark, like, the thing I like about this tournament is, like, and this is just from, like, a DFS kind of standpoint, is, like, it's kind of like a short slate for, like, a DFS game, like a four-gamer or a six-gamer. Like, like you if you play a lot of these, like, big tournaments, like, you, you can see, like, a lot of the odds for, like, these guys. Like, like, like Norlander was 250 to one last week. Well, I looked at his odds today. He's 55 to one. So, like, mm-hmm. we obviously know it's a crappier field, and the odds are kind of, like, showing that. So, like, the value's still kind of there. I mean, and obviously the cream's at the top, but, like, you really don't have to really look really delve too far to kind of, like, see where you need to go this week. So, like, I'm interested to see what you say. I'm, I think we're kind of all going to be on the same platform, though. Yeah, so kind of I'll start towards the top of the board. Um, let me real quick. I'm going to just sort. So some of the top guys, DJ Brooks, uh, Finau, Fleetwood making his appearance. Uh, those are the only guys under 20 to one. I'm interested in none of them. Um, maybe I'll look at them in a matchup, but I'm not looking at the top of the board. Not this week. Um, there's just so many good golfers in like the 20 to 60 range that this is kind of where I feel that I typically do best. Um, because there's just, there's a lot of good options. You take the, the premier ball strikers in that range. You can grab a couple guys between those odds and you're in good shape. Um, so the highest odd that I have is Paul Casey, uh, 25 to one. Um, I really like him. Great ball striker. He had one terrible round last week. Otherwise he was good. Um, if he didn't have one really bad round last week, I can probably quickly see what that was. Um, then he would have done a lot better. Um, it was the, it was the beginning of the second round. Like he oh was, yeah yeah yep yeah I think he, he was minus of, I think he was minus one going into the second round and I think he got like a I think he got like a triple he bogey shot eight. yep yeah he tri- triple bogey like in the second hole right off the bat yeah like he shot really seventy seven um yeah. and he he does well this is a course that he can do well on he's great with his irons he's not a terrible putter by any means he gets a lot of birdie birdies those eagle opportunities so that's like a golfer that I'm really interested in. Um, next one, just a little bit further down the board, and then I'll kind of let you guys go see if you have anyone, um, more towards the top. I have two guys at 35. I have Lucas Glover, who I feel like I'm on him every week and, uh, Harris English, who I just call Harry. I really thought his name was Harry for a while. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I bet him every week and I'm betting, betting him again this week. So you guys have anyone, you know, 40 to one or shorter that you guys like? 
before we get into it, like I like Harris yeah. English too. Do you think it's a benefit since like coming out of his quarantine that he's able to play alone in a group? Because like yes. since you, you think that is a benefit to him? Uh, for someone like him, especially where he hasn't been on, he's been on the tour for, you know, five, 10 years. Um, and he's had his moments, but he's been playing super consistent. I think that that's totally fine. You look at um, Patrick Reed. I think he played at least one round alone, um, possibly more this past week. But by and large, the guys have done well. There's only been one person who really had a blow up uh, when they were playing alone. I can't remember who it was. It was in like the second tournament back. Um, so it was in either RBC or the Travelers. I can't remember who it was, but they didn't have a good round. Otherwise, the guys who have been able to play alone do well. Um, but yeah, he's had two top 20 finishes. Um, he's done well all of 2020. Uh, he's only missed one cut. So I like him. Yeah, not for many for people that know, like if you, for the the PGA Tour has done, uh, for golfers that have tested positive for Corona when they've come back on tour, they've made them actually have to isolate and actually have to go out in the groupings alone. So since Harris English has come back, he's been teeing off alone by himself. So oh. that's basically what we had brought up in this, this yeah. discussion. So like I am also on English. Another guy I've been on uh, for a few weeks now has been Doc Redman. Um, Me too. And Doc, and Doc Redman um, this week didn't have a great score, but it was his putting. Yep, like, blew up on the greens. Like he was hitting his his ball striking was phenomenal. Like, but like his putting was terrible. And I think uh, like my book's giving me uh, forty to one this week. So like that's a guy that I'm definitely like rebounding. And and if he's gonna ball strike, and like we said, like we don't we're not really caring about above average putting this week. We just want guys that can attack the pin. And we know that his ball striking is there. So that's a guy that I'm looking at this week. And another guy that I think we're I'm trending towards is Max Holma. And I know oh, that yeah. a lot of people. A lot of guys are looking at him right now. He's at sixty-six to one, and another, and people have like been talking about him being uh, the guy that's been coming out, like saying, like I've been letting my DFS people down, and you know he's been like kind of like being the uh, the Vegas fan favorite, you know. And I, I think that's been really cool about him. But like, I mean, earlier on in the year, like, or in, I think trending pep post uh, pre quarantine, like he was putting up pretty good finishes. So like. That's another guy. And a guy that you had bet against on Sunday that I actually had against on Saturday uh, was Siwoo Kim. I didn't know what your thoughts on Siwoo Kim was this week, I, I, if you thought that he was trending in the right direction in this tournament. Let me see. Where is he? He's, 60, <laughs> he's, he's 66 to 1 this week. Um, so I have him. Uh, that's my based off the year. He's in my top 50. Um, for a model that I've kind of built over a longer length of time. Pro- the few faults with him. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. BetterHelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to BetterHelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through BetterHelp.com slash save. 
BetterHelp.com/slash/save. Got it. On based off what I look at, he doesn't get a lot of birdies um, amongst the field. He's kind of right in the middle. He doesn't do well on long par fives. He's kind of struggled. And there's only a few of them. They're not particularly hard, so not a major thing. But he doesn't have a lot of opportunities. So the opportunities looked at um, how you're driving, how you're getting onto the green, and it basically converts a percentage into strokes gained. Um, and he doesn't do very well on that. Otherwise, he's great. Um, let me see, just looking at how he's done since the restart, because I have that here. I think he'll probably be higher. Yeah, he's number 41, so he's a little bit higher. Um, I don't have him terribly high. I typically struggle with the international golfers. Um, there's just not a large sample size, and I kind of need to see – they've done over a longer length of time and they take longer periods off um it's just kind of harder for me to gauge them on a week-to-week basis yeah i like the fact that you said um lucas glover as well i I was on Mm -hmm. lucas glover this week um he's um he's made every cut this year um he hasn't finished worse than a t40 he uh in every tournament so i know we're talking about burger as being mr consistency but this guy has been ultra consistent this season um and another guy that i liked um that was at 33 to 1 was russell henley um, on there. So Russell Henley, um, he's had two top tens this year. Um, he's, um, 70% in driving accuracy, uh, which is good for 37th on tour, which is not the best, but it's not, you know, too terrible either. Um, but he's really good at, at uh, he's seventh on tour and greens and regulation. So he's hitting greens and regulation, um, which is means he's going to have a lot of attempts to score a lot of the birdie attempts. Um, one thing he needs to avoid, um, which on this course, um, would hurt him is if he does hit it into those green side bunkers because he is less than 50% in sand saves this year. But if he's hitting greens and regulation, Obviously, don't have to worry about those yeah. those those sand traps. So, um, he's a guy that I like. That if he can get get the ball on the on the green in regulation, like he's been doing this year, if he can get his putter working a little bit, I think he might be able to go low and and be up there towards that top of the leaderboard. He ranks really high in my model. Um, so, based off longer length of time, he's in the top twenty. And ranked off the season, I just have he is seventh. So my numbers really like him. Uh, everything that you said, he is phenomenal on the approach. He's one of the better iron players since the restarts. Like him, Redman, and Glover, of course, the three guys that we are on. Um, and I'll throw another in the mix, Norlander. I'm high on Norlander this week. Those are the four yep. top guys with their irons this year. And that is what's going to do you well at a course like this. As long as you're not terrible off the tee, like – you can't be someone who's really, really terrible off the tee and you're super inconsistent. If you can just keep it in the fairway, you don't need to be a 300-yard guy. As long as you're a 65 70% accuracy guy, you're going to do great on this course because then you're just going to lay up with your irons. Um, and this is the course that you need those clean, crisp irons with greens guarded by water and sand bunkers. These are the guys you want to target. Um, so, yeah, I, am, I really like those picks that you had. A um, little bit deeper, I have Norlander. I just spoke about him. Scott Stallings, I don't know if it's because I see him on the PGA Tour live commercials every damn tournament <laughs> or with him and his kids doing their little workout or if it's that I actually think he's a good golfer. But he's 80-1. to 1. I mean, uh, he's one of my longer shots. Um, and then my longest shot is Chesson Hadley. Uh, he's 125-1, to 1, so plus okay. 12, 500. Um, he does very well. I have him right here. He's just another great iron player. 
Um, in my numbers, he is 11 over the longer term. Um, so I kind of apply a bunch of things. So I look at their strokes gained off the tee approach. I look at how they've done since the restart, how they've done longer term. Uh, are they making a lot of birdies? Are they getting a lot of opportunities? I look at really long-term putting. So I kind of add different weights. I use a website called Fantasy National, um, Fantasy National Golf Club. It's really popular with the DFS community, but you can use it for betting as well. So I create kind of these custom-based models, and he ranks super high. Um, and since the restart, he's number three for me. So at such a large price, I've had a couple of those guys. Normally, they don't pan out. Norlander used to be one when his number was longer. Um, Sebastian Munoz. I'm sure you guys have probably bet on him once or twice thinking he's yeah. into it. Carlos Ortiz, um, I've bet on him quite often. Um, those are kind of the guys that I always pop in my numbers. So, well, this you, week, you bring up, sorry, sorry to interrupt you. You bring yeah, up Carlos Ortiz. Like, uh, like, does course history matter is it all? Like, Carlos Ortiz last year finished fifth, I believe, at 15 under. Yeah, um, it was t- uh, top 10. Um, and he's 66 to one. And another guy that I plucked out of that, uh, that grouping was Danny McCarthy. Um, he was, he's 150 to one and he was 13 under last year. Like, and I, and we haven't even brought up the defending champ Wolf. I think he's, uh, it, what's, what's his odds this week? Is it 28 to one or something, something like that? Uh, I know I have, I have him right here. Let's say, I didn't know if course history ha- like is, it plays any part in this, uh, in, in going back with this trend or into your, into your algos. Cause there's not much For, history on it. I mean, last year was the yeah. first three M open. And yep. Before that, it was played on the Champions Tour, you know, so these guys hadn't seen it until last year. Correct. Um, for me, not really. I'm not a big course history guy. Um, I will look, obviously, a guy like like this past week we did at Memorial with Tiger. Everyone knows Tiger's won the Memorial a handful of times, more than a handful. Um, actually, no, one full handful. Um so he's done well there. So that's a guy that like you, when someone has sustained history at a course like that, that's something I look at, but like one year alone, not necessarily. If their skill set is still uh, tailored towards a course like this, like a Carlos Ortiz, um, who ranks pretty high in mine, but Matthew Wolf ranks in the top 15, top 20 for mine, um, both in the short term and in the longer term. He has the great profile for this. Someone who doesn't is the other person you mentioned is Denny McCarthy um, because he's just a phenomenal putter. He's one of the best putters on tour, but he can't, he, he did very well last year because he just happened to catch fire and he had a decent day with his irons and off the tee. Otherwise he's pretty rough. He's one of the worst guys with his irons on the tour. He's basically playing for par every week. And this is a course where you really got to be, uh, you have to uh, score. You gotta go low. Yeah. And I last year he did well. There's no denying that, but I just don't think that's sustainable over two straight appearances there. Where do you have um a guy that I have at sixty six to one um is Brendan Todd. Um reason I, I, I kind of like taking a chance on, on Brendan Todd is he's second on tour in driving uh, accuracy this year. So he's going to be in the fairway uh, more times than not. Um and he's um second in um uh, sand saves uh, out of the bunker. He's not that great at hitting into the greens, but I think he can save some strokes where if he's around the greens or in the bunkers um, to get out and, 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 um, and make par. Um, he's also um, ninth in one putt percentage 
um, which means when he is missing the green, he's getting it close. He's probably got a lot of tap-ins uh, that he's making. So if he can clean up his iron game and find his way um, onto those greens and get there in regulation, his putting is pretty decent. Um, I think that's a guy who might be able to go low um, as well. Where does he rank in your model? Uh, well, right before we record this, he did withdraw, but he is top 10 in there you my go. model. Don't uh, worry about it. He's well, number nine. And then for my short term, he's number 14. But he it, he fits the profile, like you said, um, where he does everything else so well. He gets a ton of birdies. He, and that, yeah, he needs to clean up his iron game a little bit. But he is that type of profile, someone you want to look for. Why did he withdraw? I have no idea. Did a lot say? of players dropped. No. Um, Corey Connors dropped. It's so funny. They've yeah. gone through like. 10 different alternates because a couple of the alternates dropped out. I don't think they were planning on playing golf this weekend. They're like, yeah. shit, I have to play them. I'm going to back out. Um, and it's such a bad f- – I mean, there's only eight yeah. players in the t- world top 50 in, uh, top fifty in the world that are in this tournament. Yeah. It's just like – but maybe it's a tournament as those players you want to sneak into because maybe you have a better mm-hmm. chance at winning it without those guys. Exactly. Um, and for when matchups come out, I think it'll give people like us who – Kind of look a little bit more into the stats to see how someone's done over a little bit of a longer term. I think it'll give us a lot of opportunities where you're going to have a lot of like corn fairy dudes who are playing this. <laughs> like you're, that's who all these alternates are. Like if you look yeah. at the bottom of the rankings, I don't know a lot of these names. Whereas Memorial had a ton of players, and I recognized, yeah, you know, there's 150 whatever it is. I recognize most of the names on the list of the Memorial. Yeah, I don't recognize a lot of these names. Um, some, a lot just coming out of college and stuff like that. Some of the tops that I've been like looking at, uh, they've been they've been uh, announcing the name of Ventura, um, and I know yeah. uh, uh, his last performance was in the Rocket Mortgage. He finished twenty first. You have any thoughts on him? I know he's sixty six to one. I I know he's only had uh, he's only made five of thirteen cuts. So I mean, he really hasn't been that consistent. But that seems like a guy that people have been really kind of like gravitating towards this week. He's seventy three hundred on DFS, and is also in, in terms of like betting. Do you like look at like different things in terms of like odds? Do you like look at like what DraftKings is putting people at for like percentages? Do you look at like what Vegas is like? Is there any like things that you kind of like mesh together to see like what things are working with in terms of like different books? Yeah. So I, I mean, I shop across all the books, but I. I'm sure you having played DFS are familiar with like Pat Mayo. I, I watch his streams on Sunday evening and he's, he talks about betting, but it's mostly about DFS. So I watch a lot of like DFS content creators, their streams and how they break down um, the course, because when they're talking about, you know, the chalkier guys that they're looking for, some of the long shot guys, like those are the same things that I'm really looking for. Um, obviously I'm looking for a player, especially in like the top 20 finishes and stuff. When they're talking about some of those longer names, some of those longer odds, the plus 8,000 to like plus, uh, 10,000. Those are the guys that I want to get top 20 because I'm going to get a plus 5,000. I'm going to put down, you know, a little Caesar's pizza and I'm going to be able to, uh, bring home a real pizza. Um, so like those are the types of things that I'm looking for. Um, so I really like looking at stuff like that. Um, Fancy National um, basically allows you to add in all sorts of stuff. If I wanted to add in, um, you know, whether it's drafting points or ownership, uh, projected ownership, stuff like that, they have all these type of tools. And it's, you know, I pay 25 bucks over the course of a month. I do well in one tournament and more than pays itself. 
Um, and it just helps me to visually see things, kind of graphically see things and see things listed out to understand versus trying to scroll through the PGA Tour website, which my ADD is way too severe to handle that site. I get <laughs> in three minutes, I'm ready to buy a new tailor-made driver. Um, I keep clicking on the wrong shit and then they get pop-ups and then I'm like, Ooh, do I need the new sim? No, I don't. No, no. I, I shoot like 85. I do not need the sim. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I look at that type of stuff. Um, I certainly look at the odds and what I like to compare is kind of my rankings to where the odds are. So that's, this is kind of like the jumping off point. It's not, you know, number one in my model this week is let's say Finau. I'm not betting Finau. I mean, Finau is great. I think that he will do extremely well, but I'll probably take him in a matchup or something, but I'm not going to bet him outright. Like I look for a little bit more value, like, you know, Lucas Glover, Harry English, they're four and five in my model and they're, you know, 35 to one. I like that type of odds. So I kind of target more a little bit of the look for value, especially when I'm doing outrights. Cause I only put a little bit of money towards outrights. And then most of my money goes towards the full tornadoes. The outrights are awesome. You know, you can hit one. I hit two, I hit web and then I hit DJ. But other than that, like, you know, I don't want to throw away hundreds of dollars on outrights every single week because by and large, they're not going to pay out, which is why I grab, you know, five or six um, of the mid tier guys and hope that one of them cashes a ticket. Like that's what I'm shooting for. So when you, so like, so explain to me like how your week goes. Like, so like for, for our book, like we don't get our full tournament and two ball, three ball matchups don't come out until Wednesday night. Um, so I'm assuming that's the same for you probably. Um, so do you focus more on full tournament head to head? Do you focus on more round around head to head? Do you do you play any three ball? Like what do you, what do you focus on the most? And what do you do any parlays with any of that? And like what do you prefer and what do you recommend? Yeah, so uh, kind of all of those things. So when I first started, I was really looking at the round to round. But over the last few weeks, uh, when I'm able to get when I have my numbers prepared earlier in the week, like it's Monday night, my numbers are already done. I kind of have an understanding of which golfers I like. And I used to be like, a, you know, Tuesday night at 1am, I'm getting started or Wednesday evening at 9pm, I'm just rolling around to be able to <laughs> put, get everything in and I'm fighting a losing battle. Um, so I started getting ready earlier in the week. So I get I use uh, I use locals usually for my matchups. Um, and locals will get your odds up on Tuesday night. So I get them Tuesday night. Um, when I use offshores or even my lo- my legal books because I live in Illinois, um, I end up you know, I find them on Wednesday around like lunchtime or something like that. Um, so I've lately been putting like you know five or six units on full tournament matchups um, based off guys that just have a large variance in my numbers or my personal expectation. What I'm really trying to do with full tournament matchups is bet against guys I think will miss the cut. Um, either that or a guy like I had Finau against Spieth last week. Um, Finau made it way closer than he should have, but I just thought the the sample of what they can do, I know that Finau can do this. And lately, Jordan Spieth's been doing this. Like, there's so much wiggle room. I'll Spieth is like a below player. average golfer right now. Yeah. I mean, he's it's... my namesake. He was named after <laughs> me. Um, there's no <laughs> doubt about that. Because I'm I'm older than him, 
Um, but there is, I, I can't bet on him and Ricky. I, you couldn't. Oh my god, that's, don't don't talk about Ricky, man. I can't. That's a that's a tough spot for me. He stinks. Oh, he's, he's a born terrible. loser. I get it, but I'm gonna support him still, man. But he's a born oh, loser. He can't. He wears orange. I mean, it's oh. a bad look. <laughs> but that's the point that we were trying to make last week is like, like a lot of fan favorites and a lot of guys that people like kind of can just like think of like people still think of like the three majors that Jordan won back in the day. Yeah. And, and the odds kind of like show <laughs> it still when you see these head to head matchups and you yeah, kind of yeah. like have to like play the percentages and still look at it. Like, and like I said, I think we said it Mark like a few weeks ago, like we've seen Jordan speed as a favor against Ben Am. And, ben, and, I called a couple weeks ago. I was like, "Hammer Ben on." It's the weekend. Jordan Speed is not gonna. He's no. gonna go over par. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Justin Rose isn't a good form. Like we pounded against Justin Rose. Like you know, so like you got to kind of like go against these big names at some point and make a stand. So like, like completely understand why you went against Jordan Speed. Even oh, a guy like God. this week too with Brooks. I mean, like Brooks is up there, but Brooks is, has not played well. He's hurt. He had an MRI on his knee. He's definitely not a hundred percent. And you know, Brooks's mentality is it's not a major. This is probably one of the weakest tournaments that Brooks has ever played in. So odds are, I don't think he's going to be taking it that serious, obviously, with the mentality he usually has going towards majors and then regular tournaments. So yeah. even a guy like that, just by his name, not really by how he's been playing, is you know ranked ranked up there pretty high. Yep. So you guys kind of hit the nail on the head with like what I do with matchups. I look against those big names. So I'm going to go back to I pulled up my spreadsheet at work day. I bet against Hideki. I found Hideki in like three different matchups. I don't even think he made the fucking cut. I had Cantlay over him. I had Justin Thomas over him. There was it wasn't even close. I bet against who are some? I bet against Speed. I bet against Speed every single week um, because <laughs> it's, it's stupid. You get golfers who are better than him as underdogs. Like mm-hmm. who did, it was. Uh, I had Joaquin Neiman as an underdog to Jordan Speed. He's a better golfer. I had Finau last week against Jordan Speed. He's a better golfer. Um, I bet against. Those were like a couple that I had a few weeks ago. Like you look for those big names who aren't playing well, like a Brooks this week um, or Justin Rose. I always fall trap into the, this is his week. He's going to actually do it again. He's going to take the sunglasses off his hat. He's going to play well, but Justin Rose never does. Um, It's not 2017 anymore. And I, I just can't admit it. It's really hard for me. Um, I still I still think it's a product of like new books like and new sports betting books like just learning like what they can do and what they can't do yeah. and I still think and I still think it's a product of like new betters like coming into like the game of golf like still not like realizing what and we we say it every week like we're learning every week what we can and what we should do and what we should not do so like every week's a trial statement like like we like the top 5 the top 10 the top 20 mm-hmm. finishes unfortunately for us like we don't get offered those until Sunday our book. Night. Our book is terrible. We might have the worst book in the country. We don't. In our we, don't state get, of Rhode we, we don't get. It's we don't so get those pre, We don't get those pre tournaments. So like we only get to see those Sunday nights. So like like when we look at our long shots and we're like, yeah, we like these guys as outrights, but like we'd much rather be placing our money on those yeah. guys as top twenty. Like that's why like when we say them out loud, we're like, listen, like if you have the opportunity to take these long shots and these different chances and take those as like top twenties, like please do that instead. Like that's a safer bet than having like a Norlander win at two fifty to one. Like so like that's the point that we're trying to make. Like everybody's got different sports books. But we're hoping our sports book continues to evolve each week. Twin River? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Nailed yeah. it. They yeah. just legalized, what has it been, a year and a half since they legalized sports betting? Yeah. 
and they make it super convenient. I mean, we got a we yeah. got an in-state, we got an app on our phone, like deposit right to your bank account after you win. Yeah. Like it's no offshore, like it's the easiest thing. Yeah. So that's why we use it. But even like when you're betting other sports like football and basketball, like the prop bets, like there's no prop bets, like total touchdowns, or like it's hard to find any of these other other bets except for outrights with this book. Yeah. I mean, I then I put a lot towards the top finishes. For me, it's top twenties, kind of what I key in on. I used a few weeks, and this is the same thing. I'm learning as I go. A few weeks ago, I had, I think I had six top five bets. One of them can't win no matter what. I had six. Like, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? So, like, I'm like, all right, no, no, no. All right, we're going to spend less on those, more on the top 20s, math. Um, so I, I normally look, when I'm doing top 20s, I look, guys, for a little bit longer odds, kind of the – if they're an outright, like a plus 5,000 to like a plus 10,000, those are kind of the guys I'm looking for for top 20s because I'm going to get plus 500, plus 1,000 on their top 20s and be really pleased with those numbers. Um, and then I do the round by rounds. I try to um, slim that down a little bit. I try to only do like three a round or so. I, I get cocky with my numbers. I think that I have a bigger edge than I do. And sometimes it pans out. Um, Workday was a great example of that. I really cleaned up. Um, this one round I picked up like three and a half units or something. Like I did extremely well. Um, I did great on my full tourneys, but then there are the Memorial tournaments when I do not do well. Um, so this week I will probably be investing a little bit less money just because the field's a little bit weaker. Um, I'll have, I have all my outrights already. Um, I'll probably have fewer top finishes. I'll probably have a lot of full tournaments, but round by round, it's going to be hard because you're going to have a lot of corn fairy guys, a lot of guys who don't typically play. You have guys just coming back, um, guys who didn't play last week. Like you have a lot of kind of unknowns. So round by round, I won't be betting quite as much as I usually do. Do you now, uh, I'm sure we'll be finishing up shortly. So, do you look into like future major tournaments bets right now? A little bit. Um, I always try to take a look at that. Right now, the only one I have is that I have Webb to win the Masters at plus four thousand, which is a number that will never be there again. He would have to he would have to miss cuts from now until November for him to be over a plus four thousand. But I got it. He I think he missed the cut right after he had won. Um, and his number went from like plus 3,200 to plus 4,000. I was like, okay, he's not, this isn't going to happen very often where he's going to have a terrible round where he misses the cut. I'll take a, you know, 40 to one long shot on him. Um, I've heard some great ones of people betting like Victor Hovland, uh, towards the earlier in the restart, like 125 to one to win masters or like when the U S open, like their Siwoo. Uh, no, Sung JM. Um, so I want to get a little bit more involved with it. I just haven't really. I, I don't really look at that market very often, but it's certainly a great way to start building like a little portfolio of your outrights. You're going to get guys at great value and then you get into the week and you don't need to put as much on those outrights and you can kind of focus your time and effort on the matchups. Because I like I like I know like we're we're seeing like a guy like Tommy Fleetwood come over and it's his first appearance this year uh, since the restart and I had mentioned to Mark the other day like as I was looking down the PGA chart uh, in a couple weeks like a name like Thomas Peters 
Thomas Peters, like if I remember, was a very, very solid golfer, and I'm seeing him at like 150 to one. Um, and, and as far as I know, he he's in the field. Like, is that like a number that like astonishes you that like you would say like that there's a lot of value there, or is that something that you think that wouldn't change much coming into it? And like, like so you have to the way to think about those outrights is your numbers only going to change if they're getting top 20 top 10 top five or they win if you think that one of your guys is going to do one of those things in the coming weeks bet them now because when they do one of those things their odds are going to be cut in half um you know they'll go from maybe uh you know let's say you're i'm just looking at random let's say you're high on cameron smith uh, you think that Cameron Smith has a shot to win the Masters because he's a great iron player, he's good around the greens, and he's a good putter. All true things about Cameron Smith. He's 110 to 1, plus 11,000 um, right now. If he plays his top 20, he's probably dropping to plus 90. Like He will lose a decent amount of value. So if you think that someone is good, um, go ahead, take that number now. Um, like a Gary Woodland type, I think is a great case for that. Um, seems like he is so inconsistent right now. His problem finished driver um, because he's testing a new driver for Wilson that they haven't released. So, so he's been playing on a driver that he clearly doesn't like. Like he slams his driver anytime he's in a feature group. You see it happen. Um, he really doesn't like playing with that driver, but he's doing it for Wilson because that's his sponsor. But you would think by the time November comes, he's going to have the driver figured out. It's, you know, it's mid July. He's got three and a half months or by that point, he'll go back to when he's comfortable with. Like we saw uh, Ricky do um, Phil Mickelson used three different putters through four rounds this past tournament. Um, I mean, you have guys who change out their clubs all the time and who knows, maybe someone like Gary Woodland, I just pulled up the masters. He's 55 to one. If Gary Woodland gets a couple top tens between now and November, Gary Woodland's plus 35 to one, 32 to one. And that's some decent value. I certainly look at those things as like investments. You're not going to bet your full tournament matchup price against them. You're going to throw a couple bucks. You're going to throw a little Caesars pizza and you're going to hope to cash in on a $200 ticket or something like that. I agree. Yeah. That's also, I don't think you have to worry about the 151 odds for Thomas Peters to change anytime soon. I don't even, well, I just don't, I just don't, know I don't even know if he's doing. playing golf. I mean, if you really want That's Thomas Peters, man, you can probably wait till the day before and still get 150 to one. I just want to know where. Are they is. even playing golf in Europe right now? I don't even think the European tour is the European start tour no. started back up. No, no. So, no. and that's um, where he was playing most recently. That's where he was playing, I believe. Yeah, it's like um, you mentioned Fleetwood. Fleetwood hasn't really been playing, but Fleetwood's been in America for a few weeks. He just couldn't be on the tour because he was coming from Europe. He played Shinnecock and shot a 64. And people he puts that on their Instagram. People are jamming uh, Fleetwood outright just because he shot a 64 on a great golf course. And he played with no fans. That's a perfect warm-up tournament for Fleetwood, too. I mean, next week you go to WGC event. And then the week after you have the PGA Championship um, at P- uh, TBC Harden Park. Yep. So um, he's got to get definitely some some live rounds in before he gets to those events. So I think it's great that, that Fleetwood's playing. Uh, 
But just to wrap this thing up, man, Jordan, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, make sure you guys go follow Jordan on Twitter at Gordon Von Denham. Um, I know he's going to have a lot of great stuff coming this week. Um, but just let the guys know, Jordan. I'll give you a quick chance to plug your stuff and, and let these guys know what you got going on this week coming up. Yeah. Um, so I'm recording another podcast after this um, with our sports betting podcast called the Moose Dogs at Home. Um, as always, lots of articles going up at thebreakdownsports.com, the sports.com. Um, lately we've been doing really well with horse betting picks. Um, so we kind of, while we focus on betting, we certainly have articles of all types. So, uh, Saturday, this upcoming week, I know Jake will have, uh, two different tracks that he'll be targeting for horse betting. I'll put up an article come Wednesday. Um, we always have a lot of betting articles and we put stuff out uh, for soccer and UFC, both uh, in articles and on Twitter. So certainly take a look for us. Um, Jack has banned us from Twitter across all of our uh, different accounts. So it's been really exciting. Uh, so if you're interested in our content on Twitter, uh, you can look for the hashtag, hashtag the breakdown. Um, all our analysts have been using that until <laughs> – some point when Jack is not quite as busy um, fighting Russian bots or uh, Bitcoin hackers uh, that he will take a look at why we were recently banned for three things we did not do. So we'll have Welcome to get a free hashtag up. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Perry's had one. He has put a hashtag through the breakdown before. His the Twitter's proud. been that happened with a lot of the unwrapped accounts. We lost all our yeah. followers, weren't following anybody. Twitter's been kind of it's it's rough sometimes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we got they said we were evading some ban that never happened and they banned all three of our accounts. But Barstool Sports has hundred and thirty seven accounts. They're not evading any bans, but that's all right. <laughs> all right, man. Well, once again, Jordan, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. It was great talking some golf and some betting with you. Um hope to do it again soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks, Ben. All right, guys, that was Jordan uh, Whitney from The Breakdown. Great analyst uh, analysis on the golf match coming this week and, and kind of his betting strategies and, and whatnot. So hopefully we can give you guys uh, some winners and everything uh, like that. Um, what do you think, Steve, man? That was uh, pretty good, man. I feel better. Like, you know, like obviously like you saw my demeanor yesterday. I was a little sad, you know, but I, yeah, but I said that's I, what I, happened. I, I sent you that text message, though. I told you that. I told you the 3M. Like, we were coming for you this week. You oh, know? we're coming for that ass. We're coming for that 3M I ass. Said it. Week. I said it. I felt it, you know, and, and all day, like, we were prepping, you know, and, and, and we were getting ready for this, you know, and, and yeah, I, I feel revitalized and, you know, and, and having him on and and, and, see, and seeing the transition and, and like, and just seeing a, a mind work and seeing what, what he goes through and how he preps and, and gets through it. Like, it definitely it makes it better like, that we're on the same page with a lot of things. Heartbroken that Brandon Todd wrapped up because I was really on Brandon Todd sixty six to one man. I thought I might maybe like a little cash with that, and it was nice to see that it was pretty high up in his model. But the fact that he dropped out, obviously, is just heartbreaking to me. <laughs> it, it, I mean, yeah, I mean, at least your mind state was in the uh, the right idea. But yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was definitely it was definitely enlightening, yeah, and it was. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm ready. All to right, go. man. I'm ready to go, Minneapolis. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys. Uh, once again, um, just want to let you guys know um, one last time before we get off about rxhemp.com. Again, use code rxhemp-usn to save 10% on your whole order. Um, like we said at the beginning of the show, they are a CBD treatment, uh, pain treatment cream um, for all your back aches or, or body aches. Um, use that and it's instant relief for you guys. 
Um, it's great. I know I'm going to get some sooner and try it out. So um, go there and get um, your products. Like I said, rxhemp.com. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at love the game underscore MB. Um, and you can follow Steve at S Lewis five, six, five, six. Stay tuned. We'll have some more things posted with the show um, and let you know what's going on and when we'll be live next week. Um, again, thanks for joining in and tuning in and we'll see you guys next week for another episode of for the love of the game. Peace guys. Ciao. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of for the love of the game. Make sure you go follow myself on Twitter at love the game underscore MB and follow my co-host Steve Lewis at S Lewis five, six, five, six, and also follow our guest Jordan Whitney at Gordon Von Denham on Twitter as well. Us three may put out some great content for you guys um, and stay tuned and we'll let you know when the next pods are and when we are going live with our live show so you guys can tune in and interact with us um, and hopefully win you guys uh, some money because throughout the week we'll be posting bets as well um, on golf and uh, other sports once they get back into action. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, please subscribe like and review the podcast by leaving us a review it lets us know how we're doing and can only make the show better so we really really appreciate that and again thanks again for listening to another episode of for the love of the game My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep. That sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it.